Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. We are streaming at WCEV1450.com. And if you are new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. We're on every evening from 6 to 7 p.m. Central, and you can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And make sure that you are subscribing to the podcast. So if you're new, take a moment wherever you get your podcast. If that's iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or Google Play, you will find us at Radio Islam USA. All right, family. Uh, we are pleased to have joining us uh, on the line um, Sister Okolo Rashid and Brother Imad Al-Turk. They are both co-founders of the International Museum of Muslim Cultures. Uh, Brother Imad is the uh, chair and Sister Okolo is the president. And we are pleased. Uh, the This is actually the first Islamic uh, history and culture museum in the United States of America. So this is a uh, truly a significant uh, undertaking, and we are pleased to have them on the line to talk about it. They got some 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 great um, some some great news that's coming up. So we just want to welcome you both. Assalamu alaikum. Yes. So um, so this is the first, and you know this first of its kind uh, museum. Um, could you and who wants to start first um, to tell us a bit how this how the uh, uh, Islamic History and Culture Museum came into being. Sister Sister Okolo, did you want to um, take first swing? <laughs> well, yes, I can do it. Either <laughs> one of us can do it, but I'll do it. <laughs> uh, well, alhamdulillah. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you, brother, for having us, and, and uh, we thank you uh, and Sound Vision, and we also thank your radio audience for giving us an opportunity to share with them uh, this, uh, what we call um, uh, we call the museum, uh, actually, um, we say that it's uh, a, a, a gift by God. It's a blessing. <laughs> uh, it's a miracle because uh, we are here in Mississippi, uh, Jackson, Mississippi, um, and uh, you normally wouldn't find America's first Islamic history and culture museum in Mississippi. Right. But uh, what we say is that... Um, uh, we also call this museum, uh, uh, the root of it is, is what we call uh, Muslim activism, <laughs> mm. uh, because uh, it was uh, uh, the activism uh, of the Muslims that really brought it into being. Uh, there was an- another much larger exhibition that was coming to Jackson, Mississippi. It was a major international exhibition it was really marketed across the country as the number one must-see exhibition in the country. Mm-hmm. It was called The Majesty of Spain. And uh, we just kind of assumed that they were going to do something on the Islamic history uh, wow. and, 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 you know, the contributions of Islam to the Renaissance of Europe. But as it got closer, we realized that that wasn't the case. They were going to really start after uh, that uh, after that great period they were going to start at uh, 1700 coming forward and this is from 1710 to 1400s until you know Columbus uh, came to America so they want to leave out all this Islamic history so we got the Muslims got active and we decided to um, 
uh, began to build uh, alliances to bring this exhibition. Uh, and it really, it was just an exhibition called, our, our first exhibition called uh, Islamic Moorish Spain, its legacy to Europe and, and the West. So our, what we attempted to do is that we wanted to make sure that the contributions of Islam to the Renaissance of Europe, to the West, be, you know, a part of this great, uh, you know, major, you know, experience that people were going to have when they came to Jackson. And so we were able to pull it off. So in, in short, mm-hmm. we were able to pull that off in, in, in less than uh, four months. Most, uh, you what? know, our exhibit designers were telling us there's no way you're going to be able to pull off a major exhibition in the little times you had because we wanted to do a companion with this exhibit because they didn't want to, they didn't want to do anything. We, we uh, tried to seek to see if we could maybe partner with them and maybe do a theme in their exhibition, but they weren't interested in that. So it was because of, you know, the drive that we had uh, to get this message out there and to get the narrative out there about Islam and its contributions to uh, Western culture that, that kind of led it. Mm. Were they met? Yeah, so this uh, this was in 2001, and the museum actually, or the first exhibit, uh, opened in April 2001. Uh, so we are proud uh, to uh, celebrate our 17-year anniversary last April, uh, and, uh, and the museum has done significant amount of work over the last 17 years, uh, really across the southeast. And uh, we are in the process now of transforming the museum from a local and regional institution to a national institution. So we are going to be starting a traveling exhibit program and uh, or uh, exhibit that's going to be coming up called Muslims with Christians and Jews, an exhibit of covenants and coexistence. Mm-hmm. Uh, once it features here in Mississippi, it's going to travel across the country. And our current exhibition that's been ongoing for the last 10 years, uh, it's a legacy of Timbuktu, Wonders of the Written Word, we also will uh, begin traveling. So this way we can actually get uh, not only having people visiting the museum in Jackson, but also we will uh, be traveling across the country so we can get as many uh, of our guests to know more about Muslims' contributions to the world and, and, and to America. Uh, also, we're going to be uh, hosting... Uh, a number of uh, activities are going to be national in scope, including this uh, our upcoming national uh, conference mm-hmm. that is entitled Race, Class, and Religious Intersectionality in America, an ongoing struggle for human dignity. Mm. Uh, and really, we, we wanted to ask, uh, can Islam and Muslim Americans offer a way forward to addressing this divide in America that we have? Uh, so this is part of the, really the, the whole effort of uh, transforming the museum into a national institution. Mm. So would, would you say um, that one of the outcomes of the museum in, in being able to look at the rich history of, of Muslims is to look at this idea of, uh, or, or to inform our current understanding of Muslim leadership in a pluralistic uh, society? Yeah, absolutely. One of the focus issues of our next exhibit, uh, the, the Covenants exhibit, mm-hmm. is going to talk about the pluralistic nature of Islam in, in the beginning of uh, the Muslim period with Prophet Muhammad wasallam with the Constitution of Medina and how basically through the Constitution and through his actions and policies uh, basically established 
a pluralistic society in a creation of, a, of an ummah that includes Muslims, Christians, Jews, and unbelievers, uh, and, and comparing and contrasting the uh, Constitution of Medina with the Bill of Rights uh, and, and, other, uh, and, and the U.S. Constitution. Uh, many of the protections of minorities, of women, of uh, people of faith, was enshrined 1,400-plus years ago in, in the uh, uh, Constitution of Medina and the covenants that were uh, established uh, by Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sister Kolo. Uh, yeah, I think, I, I mean, he, he, he covered a lot, but I was just going to, I would just add to what he said is that I think, uh, uh, yes, uh, I, to answer your question and to, uh, uh, you know, echo what Iman has said, I wanted to just add one thing, and that is, is that what makes this museum unique, I think, is that uh, it's um, on the basis of not just the activism that I talked about earlier, mm -hmm. but also... Uh, the museum, uh, from its very inception, uh, uh, was uh, established uh, with really uh, a very uh, diverse, uh, with the uh, with the with the interest of of um, um, telling and exhibiting the diverse uh, history and culture of mus of Muslims and and their contributions. Uh, that's uh, in America, but across the globe, and. Uh, our whole idea is to um, uh, to engage and educate the community uh, locally, yes, mm -hmm. regionally, yes, but also nationwide into understanding that this idea of human dignity uh, is, is is being fundamental uh, to combating injustice mm -hmm. and achieving equity across race, class, gender, ethnicity, and religion. And so we really uh, worked really hard in our what we call robust programming mm -hmm. to uh, make sure that we promote um, uh, these ideas and these concepts that uh, have, you know, uh, that Islam and other early religions brought these same kinds of ideas, but it was Islam that came back and reestablished those ideas. And so we try to utilize these principles to uh, bring these, uh, you know, uh, groups and community together across all of these uh, various divides. And I think that's what makes uh, the work that we're doing very unique than other uh, museums. We had one scholar that did a, a major uh, presentation about our museum at, at the uh, International Museum uh, Conference in Turkey. And he defined uh, the work that we did, and I think he really helped to uh, kind of give it a, it a focus. And that is, is that um, uh, our museum uh, uses these artifacts really as a way of mobilizing, using history as a mobilizer mm -hmm. uh, of bringing people together from these various different backgrounds to really understand their common humanity. Let me ask this. What is your... What is your uh, curation process uh, with regards to how you select uh, what artifacts will be included uh, in this first-of-its-kind um, museum? <laughs> well, uh, uh, well, actually, uh, as I said, it, it just kind of uh, our initial approach to curation mm -hmm. and identifying what themes and what subjects we're going to... Uh, 
uh, bring to the uh, to the museum um, um, uh, and the community is really uh, more of you know what is it that's that's in need what's the right. needs of the community mm-hmm. and so it and and I think both of uh, uh, the exhibitions that we uh, have displayed here really came out of uh, that kind of thinking and that kind of observation. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 as we say at the first a- a- exhibit, uh, was really to respond uh, right. to uh, an act of, you know, someone bringing the, this, this uh, history of the contributions of the West out of Spain and just, you know, overlooking the, the great contributions of Islam. So that spurred us. Uh, so I, I, I think, uh, again, this idea of this museum being kind of born out of the spirit of activism. Right. And so uh, our second exhibition uh, called The Legacy of Timbuktu, Wonders of the Written Word. So that was our second exhibition. Okay. And it really just came out of really uh, of realizing and understanding that a great uh, uh, part of the enslaved Africans that were brought here and, and the contributions that African, Africans, African Americans have made in this, in this country is to kind of better understand, you know, what's that history, uh, what was, you know, the root of, you know, these enslaved Africans coming. And, 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 and we have, you know, this great research that it had uh, really revealed mm-hmm. that, you know, many of these enslaved Africans, about one-third of them, were, came from Muslim lands over in West Africa, yep, uh, an, an unheard mm-hmm. of story. And then we were able to, fortunate enough to go to Timbuktu and bring some of these manuscripts back uh, to, you know, as a part of our artifact collection oh, wow. that we have on loan. So it's, it's out of this activism, mm-hmm. looking out into the community and letting the community and what, what the needs are inform what we, what we do. Yeah. I think that I think that's awesome. Um, can, can I ask a bit about the the upcoming uh, upcoming conference uh, that's taking place? Um, have you all? I think I heard you mention that you you had one before that was in Turkey. Well, we didn't have that Turkey conference. Actually, it was just one of our scholars uh, that worked closely with us from one of the colleges here, mm-hmm. uh, Millsaps College, uh, Dr. Steve uh, Dr. Steve Smith. Uh, he had been doing a lot of work with the museum, and he saw this conference, uh, and he thought that he wanted to present the story of the museum and, and, and the work that the museum was doing with, uh, you know, bringing, uh, you, know, uh, this, you know, cultural groups together and so forth. And so he, he, he actually, you know, termed it, you know, uh, using history as a mobilizer. He saw that we were able to do that as opposed to just, you know, featuring artifacts. It's, 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 it's a way of engaging people and, and having people to immerse themselves into kind of like an active uh, experience. Right. right. Uh, uh, but, but now I do want to talk about the conference. Yes, I don't please know, do. I've, I've talked a lot. Emad <laughs> might want to come in and say something, maybe introduce it, and then I can talk a little bit more about it. But we're really excited about this national conference uh, that we are uh, going to be uh, hosting here mm-hmm. uh, in September yes. of this year. Did you want to say go anything? Ahead, go ahead, Paula. Why don't you go ahead and talk about the conference, and then I'll talk about how uh, our guests can uh, register for the yes. conference. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, uh, we are we're in a very unique position as Muslims in America, and uh, I, I think that uh, one of our great partners 
partners, uh, that's uh, the Kellogg Foundation. Uh, we also had a partnership with the uh, National Endowment for the Humanities. We got uh, a major grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities to really look at this unique uh, history of the Timbuktu exhibit, and that kind of helped us to position ourselves uh, to be uh, uh, you know, noticed by Kellogg Foundation. Uh, uh, they came to look at the kind of work that we were doing, and so they actually helped to fund a curriculum program around that Timbuktu exhibition that we actually piloted in the city schools here. But uh, they, uh, uh, after coming, we had the vice president uh, from Kellogg and the president, actually, to come uh, to, uh, to visit the museum, and they said, you all have a lot more than just, you know, a curriculum development, uh, the work that you're doing, that you really have uh, the programming, uh, the, the kind of narrative that you tell, really, it does go across, you know, this divide of race, class, culture, and religion. Mm -hmm. And so they actually gave us uh, a $600,000 grant uh, to help to put on this conference and to put on that covenant exhibition that Imad is talking about and wow. a couple other components. Wow. But what they wanted from us in terms of this, uh, this um, conference, uh, we've been thinking about this a long time, and so we kind of pitched the idea, and they loved it, and that is, is that they want the Muslim voice and the Muslim activism to come into the conversation around race class. Uh, uh, and so uh, uh, they, they, their interest is, you know, uh, you know what, what, what is it that Muslims have to say? about the issue around, you know, the race issue and the class issue. Uh, well, one of the things uh, we say is that you're never going to solve the, the issue around race and class un, un, unless and until you understand that there's an intersectionality uh, between these uh, issues and religion. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we have really, as I said earlier, our underlying theme of most of the programming that we do is to really look at this idea of what it means to be human. Uh, you know, uh, and we think that Islam really, uh, that's a part of what Islam brought. So this, this subject of looking at race, class, and religious intersectionality in America as an ongoing struggle that didn't just start in America, it's a global struggle around this idea of how do you reclaim human dignity. And so we feel like uh, this is a story that Muslims, and, and we're looking at American Muslims, but we're looking at it through the lens of the global community, not just in America, but we feel that this is a, a, a real key uh, uh, place to be looking at uh, this, this story because a lot is happening. There's a lot of issues around class, uh, race and class, okay? Mm -hmm. But we're saying that um, uh, what we wanted to do is have a real candid conversation about race and class, and we really want to, uh, we want to dare <laughs> to go beyond the headlines to take a fresh and unbiased look at Islamic thought and the Islamic worldview, ideas, and culture, and... Uh, uh, its contributions to America, but also to the global community. And we want to do that looking at the contributions uh, and the work of American Muslims, in addition to looking, you know, at the work of the global community. And how do you bring 
of the voices of Muslims into this conversation mm-hmm. around race and class, and how do you lift up and, 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 and really raise the profile of the many uh, projects, the many works that Muslims are doing that most people don't know anything about. So the goal of the conference is really to bring out of the shadows to the forefront right. the important work uh, of Muslim American individuals, institutions, and communities, and to spur greater studies and support of this work, and also uh, to challenge Muslim Americans to be more intentional about moving the model uh, of forward in terms of these ideas that you know I just expressed. So that's kind of uh, it in a nutshell, but we have 75 scholars and, and activists uh, and uh, uh, artists wow. uh, from around the country that's going to be, uh, you know, taking part in a four-day conference that's going to be happening here uh, in, in, in Jackson. That, that's awesome. So, Brother Matt, you already answered one of the questions I was going to ask uh, Sister Colo, and that was, uh, how long is the conference going to be going on? So, Brother Matt, can you tell us, uh, let, let the Radio Islam family know what they need to know so that they can register, where they can go find out information? Uh, so, so the, the conference is going to be from September 6th through the 9th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll start on Thursday evening and end on uh, Sunday at noon. Of course, we, we invite uh, your guests to, to register. So the, co- the conference the registration actually is going to be uh, $245. That includes the registration to the conference, uh, all of the meals of the conference, uh, lunch and dinner. does not include breakfast. It includes uh, a tour to the, mu- to the uh, museum and our exhibitions. Mm-hmm. Also, it includes uh, tours to the, the newly opened Mississippi Civil Rights Museum and Mississippi History Museum. Mm. Uh, also, we are very proud of our association with Sand Vision. Uh, you know, uh, Adam World uh, Puppet Show mm-hmm. is going to actually be shown at the conference. Uh, Iman from Chicago is going to also have a community cafe on Friday evening on one of the nights there. So there's going to be a lot of activities. Uh, so the, the conference uh, fee with, with all of these factors are going to be about $245, and when we have uh, 100 scholarships that if somebody cannot afford that full amount, we're actually waiving the registration fee of $75. So the people who cannot afford oh, wow. it but would like to come, uh, we welcome you, uh, and then the price will be 170 for those, but it's only 100 and we encourage people to register as quickly as possible so it's, it's, it's a first-come, 1st first serve basis here. Right. So right. they can uh, basically go to our website, uh, www.muslimmuseum.org, or they can call the museum at 601-960-0440, and uh, we, we will be glad to uh, send you a package, uh, send you the program, uh, the registration link, uh, whatever information you need. Uh, we're also having a connection with the... With the uh, this is going to be hosted at the... Western Hotel in Jackson. So there is a special rate uh, that you also can uh, register for hotel reservation uh, through the registration link uh, that you can uh, be provided as well. Okay. Yeah, let me just say that we are really in the process right now. You might have a little problem with our website mm-hmm. uh, because we're in the, pro- uh, in the process right now of making, uh, you know, getting all of the uh, conference information up and we kind of have a little problem. So if, in fact, 
you have problems or you can't find it on, on the website, uh, then please, uh, as Iman said, uh, uh, there are other ways that you can do that by calling the museum. That's, uh, again, 601-960-0440. And uh, we also, uh, uh, you know, Sound Vision will have other ways uh, that they will be promoting it as well. Yes, yes. And we will be running, um, we'll be running a spot here. Uh, for the for the conference, so the Radio Sound family will be hearing that uh, in between uh, upcoming programming. So uh, this is really exciting. So we're talking about September sixth through the ninth. Uh, is that correct? Yes. Correct. Okay. All right. So uh, Radio Sound family, MuslimMuseum dot org. Uh, if you have questions, you can call six zero one nine six zero zero four four zero and uh, get more information and get registered. And we are looking forward to a uh, to to a great conference, uh, and I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, the 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 you know the outcome afterwards. Just hearing the reflections on it because it sounds like it's going to be really powerful. So, um, brother Imad, sister Colo, we thank you both for taking the time to talk to us about this great work, uh, and we hope that we get a chance to talk with you both again in the future, uh, especially as you continue to to add. Uh, to the exhibits that you are, you know, that you're doing and the, the new artifacts you're bringing on. Uh, this is wonderful. This is really wonderful. So may Allah continue to bless you both uh, in this, and it's a very important work. Alhamdulillah. Thank you, brother. Thank, thank, thank you. you very much. Jazakallah here, brother. Wa All right, Radio Islam family. That was Imad al-Turk and Okola Rashid. They are the founders of the Islamic History and Culture Museum in Jackson, Mississippi the first of its kind in the United States. Uh, so once again, if you are interested in attending the conference, getting more info, go to muslimmuseum.org. This is taking place September 6th through the 9th. Okay, folks, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, well, we're going to get back into it. This is Radio Islam. We'll be back in a minute. The Syrian Community Network, with offices nationwide, serves its Chicago area clients from its Northside location, located at 5439 North Broadway. They provide housing, social services, education, basic human needs, and food security. The Syrian Community Network has Arabic-speaking staff and is a partner organization of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. You can get more info by calling area code 872 Eight zero six zero one four one. That's area code eight seven two eight zero six zero one four one, or by visiting their website at syriancommunitynetwork.org. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri, was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent: one in two hundred and sixty thousand. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. My name is Sue Smith. 
I'm 38 and I work at a graphic design company. And the teenage me would tell you, I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for Big Brother's Big Sisters. My big sister showed me early on that I could do anything. And to the young me, that meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this eight-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brother's Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brother's Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. Now, for those of you who are new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. We're on every night from 6 to 7 p.m. Central, and we are coming to you live and direct. I shouldn't say live, right? Because this is actually a recorded conversation, right? But it's still coming to you from Chicago, this wonderful city. And we want to let you know that you can keep up with us by following us on Instagram and Twitter. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. And you can also follow and like our page on Facebook. And guess where it's at? It's at Radio Islam USA. Last thing, make sure you are subscribing because if you are just now tuning in, there is a lot that you need to catch up on. So wherever you get your podcast, if that's iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play or SoundCloud, you will find us at Radio Islam USA. Really simple, at Radio Islam USA. All right, family, it is good to be with you. And I am glad, I'm, I am, I'm honored, I'm, I'm excited to get into this conversation. We are bringing to you today uh, in studio to talk about, well, something that you probably appreciate but don't really know much about. Right? We're talking with a legend in the game of puppetry. We're talking with Tom Vandenberg. He is the voice of Adam and Anissa from Adam's World, as well uh, as the voice of many other characters there. Uh, he has worked, uh, he's been in puppetry for almost five decades. He has worked with the Muppets, uh, Jim Henson. He's worked with uh, Fraggle Rock uh, and, and many more productions. And we're going to find out more about those productions and some of the work and what it takes to, to, be, uh, to be in this field. So we want to thank you and welcome you to Radio Slime. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. All right. You know, we're going to try that again. It works a lot better when I've got your mic on. Really? <laughs> yeah, now you're on. Now you're on. <laughs> yeah, so uh, welcome again. Welcome. welcome. Thank you. So, uh, so you have been, tell us, well, I always like to start at the beginning, right? Because this is really, it's really just storytelling, right? That's, that's how I look at it. And we need to start at the beginning. So you've got almost five decades of, uh, in puppetry. What was your, how did you start? To be honest, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I started when I was very, very young mm -hmm. uh, with just basic stupid hand puppets. Okay. Um, and I developed it until it became an art form. Uh, okay. So really, I don't know to be. Do you recall, uh, do you recall looking at uh, puppets at the time and thinking to yourself you know why not you know <laughs> well I, I'm old mm -hmm. um, and the Muppets were just starting on television at that time right. they, there wasn't even uh, a Sesame Street yet right um, so 
uh, seeing the Muppets on <clears throat> Ed Sullivan. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. And nobody told me differently, so I did. Okay. All right. Now, what has been the, um, I like to say, what is the, because when we look at it from a viewing a viewing perspective, right, uh, we just see the, the, the puppet and, and the movement and, you know, it, it makes people happy, right? But That's true. But they don't see the challenges that come along with that. Could you talk a bit about, before we get into the joy, right, just talk a bit about what are some of the challenges involved with uh, puppetry? Well, it depends kind of on what you're talking about. Okay. If I'm doing a live show, basically I do everything right. from the lighting to the sound to the puppetry to ultimately directing it. When I'm doing it for the camera and I'm working with the director, then I just basically listen to what the director says and try and do it as best I can. And when I'm directing, that's different again. Um, a lot of this involves basically getting your position right. Mm. When, you're, when you're doing puppetry, you should be standing. Okay. If you're crouched behind furniture or whatever, it becomes very, very, very difficult. And part of uh, Adam's world was done on the floor. Oh, wow. So, so obviously. <laughs> <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> you just said you should be standing, but okay. So you, so you, have, you have endured and, and learned. <laughs> yes, I have endured. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, the, right now, uh, Sound Vision is producing a live show, mm -hmm. which is on my equipment and is, thank God, standing up. Okay. Good. Also, you also you also have a hand as the director. You have a hand in set design as well. Yep. Um, with, with sound vision, basically everybody does everything. Right. Um, well, you know what? This is what I, I, I wonder about often um, because there there there's a technical aspect of it that goes along with any production, whether it's theater, yes. you know, film or whatever, right? Uh, but then there's also the creative element, right? Bringing this. Uh, fusing the, the the idea, the the creativity, with the technical uh, needs, yeah, that have to you know be a part of it to make this thing happen. Um, so let's let's shift for a minute into the create uh, creative space. Okay. Um, the choreography. Well, yeah, that that's included in there as well. But you know, the first thing I was thinking about was the creativity that comes along with these different voices. Uh, Actually, the do. voices are the smallest part of the of the equation. Really? Because uh, either you can do a voice or you can't. Right. And, you know, I, I could put on Adam or Anissa, like, right there. no problem. When you're doing movement and getting the, the coordination of the mouth, mm -hmm. that's a very different situation. And it isn't just a case of, you know, flapping your, your hand. Right. It is moving the thumb while the upper part stays relatively still. So it's a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah. Okay. So, but 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 I'm still, and most of us, we are. I would. I don't want to say enamored, but we are definitely taken with the voice, right? Because that's what we know these different characters by. Even if we don't see them, we hear the voice, and we're like, oh, you know, that's uh, yeah, that, that's well, Adam. Yeah. That's a, that's basically Anissa. that's just something that you can do. Right. Right. I mean, there there is there's no trick to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, either when when you have a character, you either do the voice or you don't. Okay. Uh, when uh, Carol Spinney was trying to create uh, Oscar the Grouch, right? You know, he he could not get the voice. 
until he rode in a taxi on the very first day of shooting and <laughs> heard the man yeah. and just said, keep going around the block, keep going around the block until right. he got that voice. And now there's nothing to it for him. And that's an iconic, uh, an iconic voice. Very iconic. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't do Oscar the Grouch, sorry. <laughs> but when it comes to, uh, so, so if, so you said you can go right into these voices. Yes. Right. Okay. So if we're if Adam if Adam is in the studio, we're talking to Adam, and we're at we're saying okay. So Adam, how long how long have you been doing Adam's World? Well, I've been doing Adam's World for oh about thirty years. Wow. I know I don't look thirty, but <laughs> uh, but puppets never get old. That's that's one of the good things. Yeah. We also never get old, which is also one of the bad things. Yeah. Stuck stuck in limbo. Stuck in a limbo, yep. Yeah. And and Anissa. Anissa. So well, Anissa. Salam. <laughs> Anissa. Salam. How, how do you salam. like working how do you like working with, with Adam? Oh very bad. <laughs> All right, there's dissension in the ranks. <laughs> okay. All right, come back, Tom. <laughs> All right. So uh, you mentioned earlier, you t- you talked about the live show, right? And right. Uh, basically in Adam's world is going through a a reboot right now. Yes. Right? Very much so. And and how, how exciting has that been? Well, I was uh, a little scared at first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but Adam's World is now on YouTube, and there is some, some problem with piracy on, on YouTube. Right. But by releasing two YouTube, hopefully once a week, mm-hmm. um, we'll be able to create that much more material and most of it will be very, very compact, right. as opposed to these incredibly long stretches of. Right. So how how long was originally? Uh, how long was Adam's World before? What's the difference in time length? Oh, okay. Now uh, the original Adam's Worlds were between thirty and forty minutes, mm-hmm. and of course that was mixed puppetry and animation and whatever else. Right. The these um, these YouTubes are about two minutes of puppetry. Okay. You, you you get right to the point, right okay. to the message, mm-hmm. and it and it's fun. Yeah, yeah. and uh, then the animation, of course, which is not my field. Okay, so you said two to three minutes. Yep. Okay. In comparison to before, it was how long again? Well, the puppetry aspect of it was probably about fifteen minutes. Okay, so it's it's, it's definitely de- designed for a a shorter attention span. That uh, seems to be the yeah, it is. But it, it really um, it focuses the story uh-huh. rather than having it all over the place. Oh, okay, okay, I got you, I got you. Now, talk a bit about uh, we're, we're going to be jumping around a little bit uh, because I remember, like I was, uh, you were young, I'm older. I'm I'm older than the, the 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 generation that came up with Adam's World. World. So yeah, I was I was you know often grown at that point uh, <laughs> but I do remember Fraggle Rock yes <laughs> talk to us a little bit about about that experience what was it like what were you were you working in collaboration with other uh, oh, puppeteers yeah. uh, Fraggle Rock is a completely different situation we had seven, 17 puppeteers on on the floor at any time right. which is like unheard of yeah and most of the puppeteers were doing many 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 roles wow um you know, I was basically a utility puppeteer. I could be, you know, one one day I could be a little tiny spider, or the next day I could be the main character. Just right. Right. Depend. Right. But working on a scale like that, um, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, 
the the set for Fraggle Rock uh, had we had two studios at, at VCR in Toronto, mm. and the larger of the two studios was enormous, and it was all like literally filled to the edges with Fraggle stuff and yeah, yeah. I, I've always thought that was that was um, pretty exciting, you know, because you know that there's a lot going on yes behind the scenes that you don't see yes there is you know um what are some of the uh what are some of the joys i asked you about some of the frustrations or not or challenges I challenges say, okay right? but what are some of the things that you really enjoy about uh puppetry well the one thing that i really enjoy is the kids uh, I mean, some some puppeteers work for adults. That that's perfectly fine. Right. But I love to see the kids laughing. Yeah. I mean, I I know that on, on television it's kind of uh, you know second nature, second hand. Yeah. But that's why I love the live shows. Just they're there. They're mm -hmm. laughing. They're getting it. Yeah. Or they're not. <laughs> well, that's a part of the excitement, right? <laughs> to see how's it going to be received. Yes, it is. But. You know, no, I think I've got enough experience that they're going to laugh. Sure. You know what? And here's something. Um, there is a there's something that I, I feel and I'm thinking I'm thinking in terms of experience in theater. Right. When you're on the stage and you, you feel the, the energy uh, yes. in the room, you, you're gauging the audience, you're seeing what they responded to. Uh, is that difficult to do behind the scene behind the screen are you still because do you still see the audience uh no okay so, so okay yeah. I, I work so, um both in front of the stage and behind the stage and when i'm in front obviously i can see the kids right um but mostly when it's puppetry you don't see the kids but you can hear them and you can get the energy from the from the sound of them Mm, right. Okay. Actually, even you know, in a live theater, you really can't see the audience. Yeah, especially you know, with lighting. A lot of times lighting on you. You just see that first row, maybe. Yeah, and, and <laughs> there's like little tiny little bobbles out there. Right. But but you can get the energy from them. Right. The the sound, you know, the breathing. The it, it, you know, if they're breathing as, as a mass, you get that. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've gotten heightened senses. Uh, to, to a degree because I think yes. yeah, folks that are used to performing in front of audiences and being able to look out even if it's just a few people right? you kind of gauge you know, you, using folks is kind of your barometer um, but with this it's really all it's very it's, it's all, all audible it's all auditory. hearing and, and, and the energy the, yeah. the energy is very much there yeah so with this uh, live show that Sound Vision is going to be doing uh, tell us a little bit about that uh, uh <laughs> no the the story is about bullying okay adam is being bullied by a new character that we have it's, he's a bully mm -hmm. and we're trying to figure out what you do about a bully i'm mm. not going to give it away but yeah um yeah we, we try different things mm -hmm. to, to to just to solve the problem of a bully and at the end he sort of gets the solution to the problem right and obviously, bullying is a very big problem in the most, especially in the Muslim community, yeah. and in in the Sikh community, which is like not Muslim but for, for <laughs> pseudo Muslim. Yeah, as far as as far as most uh, Americans are concerned, they're the same thing, right? Who but don't know anything about either faith? They generalize, and you know, yeah, you're Muslim too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, so this is a really important topic, uh, bullying. 
uh, and when it comes to other topics, because Adam's World has covered, uh, and you've been the voice and the and the hand and thumb. Yes, <laughs> the hand and thumb. <laughs> right. That has brought um, that has brought these 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 puppets to life, and you've dealt with so many different issues yes. over the years. Very much so. Um, has there been a point where because you've done other live shows before, right? Yeah, never, never an Adam's World live really? show. Really? No. Wow. Wow. Oh uh, well, we sort of did, but that was. Uh, <laughs> we won't mention that. Yeah, but well, let me ask this: Has there been a point where you have gotten the feedback from uh, from adult from a parents or from children at the time who are now adults, and they say this particular episode? This particular lesson is something that really resonated with me. Does that does that kind of feedback get to well, you? Well, I, I get a lot of feedback from adults who grew up on Adam's World. Yeah, and most of it is incredibly positive. It's like it's almost like being a rock star. Yeah, you got a little paranoid <laughs> for your life. Um, but uh, I, I, no, there isn't any one specific. But they they just love Adam. So right. Yeah. And what has that experience been like? Because you've been doing this for Adam for over what thirty years now, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right? Who, who, who would who would think? Right? Well, think? I certainly didn't. Yeah. No way. So when 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 you first when you first took on uh, the job of doing Adam, what what was your initial thought? Okay, I have to admit, yeah. uh, I, I did a, a video called "Let's Pray." Okay. And I figured it would be one off gone thank you right little did i know right yeah uh that you know almost 30 years later i'll be i'm still doing it mm -hmm. and I, I i enjoy it i have to admit that too yeah. but initially i thought one off okay whatever right now you know what i find really interesting is that um puppetry animation right these things they i don't want to say they sanitize but they make sometimes difficult conversations easier to have uh, yeah, they do. There's a big difference between animation and puppetry, but yes, I agree. Yeah, you know, just th thematically, you know, not, yeah, mm -hmm. obviously, there, yeah, there definitely is a, a big difference. But, uh, but has there been a particular topic that you felt like, like, man, we need to, we need to put this, like, like bullying, right? You're addressing well, bullying. Actually, the, the answer is bullying. It, oh, okay. it, it's one of the, uh, the most, right now, most central, um, topics that come in, into children's lives. I mean, right. bullying has been around since the dawn of man, right. but it has never been as intense as it is now, and especially for Muslim and, and, and pseudo-Muslim kids. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's one thing that we can actually tackle. Yeah. You know, I'm always interested in uh, because these are these are weighty topics, right? Bullying is a weighty topic, but then there's, also, there's a great level of creativity that's uh, an important aspect of creativity that's needed to yes make you know bring about the conversation in a way that can be absorbed by the audience well especially when they're young kids yeah yeah absolutely uh, i mean learning you, you, you can talk age appropriate exactly right. you can talk you know all this highfalutin stuff about psychoanalysts and blah 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 mm. it doesn't mean a thing to a, to a three-year-old right or a four-year-old it doesn't mean a thing you have to talk at their level right Right. So uh, talk. Yeah. So what's the what's the secret to that? Um, to continuing to talk. Re remember that, you know, the words that you're giving, that it has to be palatable. 
Well, yeah. For for you know, like I said, age appropriate. Is there is that a, a constantly a thing? That's something that you're constantly conscious of. Uh, yeah. When you're writing, yes, you are. Just to keep the words simple. You yeah. Know, I mean, you you cannot use huge long technical terms because they don't mean a thing. Right. And if they're watching with their parents. Maybe maybe a parent might not <laughs> might not even know. <laughs> that, that might be true too. Right, what that word means, and they got, yeah, you've just shamed them in front of their children. <laughs> uh oh, no. So what is the um, what's your creative process like? That's uh, something that I always I have I have to say this. Uh, that's something that always intrigues me about artists about creatives, um, because everybody has, you know, everybody has their own method of tapping into their creativity. Well, when I'm doing a live show, okay, okay uh, basically you write it first, but while you're writing it, you're also designing it. You know, mm. it, um, if if I like like I want a smoke effect, right? Okay, I know how to do a smoke effect, so I, I I can write it in there. If there's some other effect and I don't know how to do it, then it's like, okay, how do I do this? Well, then, no, it can't be done. They need to put it in the story. So you, so first you write the story as simply as you possibly can. Right. Um, then, unfortunately, the, the, is the big step is building the thing. You know, building the props, the scenery, the puppets, obviously. Right. right. Uh, sometimes shh, you build more than one of the same puppet huh. because you want to have a different costume. You want it to do something different. Oh. These these are secrets for all for all of you, all of you aspiring uh, puppeteers out there. <laughs> uh huh. And then you go into an absolutely a long term and very painful process of rehearsal. Right. Rehearsal is so painful. Oh my. Yeah, but but it's a must. It is. A Can't must. get around it. Is there a line between the scripted version, right? You sit down and you write, you rehearse, and then. Maybe being in the moment and feeling energy and ad libbing. Do you do you ad lib at all? Oh, absolutely, I always ad lib. Oh, okay, all right. There's no such thing as two two identical performances. Hmm. Uh, now, if you're going for the camera, it's it's a different process. Right. You write it first, still. Right. And you, the next step is to uh, to create the puppets, but you're, you're you're filming in very short moments, and you have to try to create a moment, do it right and then move on. So it, right. it is quite different. There isn't that rehearsal. <laughs> right. So what about the, you mentioned creating the puppet. How, how does, what's that process look like? Uh, and let's talk, let's bring it back to Adam. So the process of, so was Adam, Adam was already created. No, wasn't, he wasn't created. Well. As a puppet. Well, for, 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 uh, for this round, yes, he was created. He was created 30 years ago. Right, right. But 30 years ago, I, you know, I had uh, two weeks, and uh, the director said, oh, can you create this puppet for us? And I was like, okay. Wow. So I basically designed a puppet, and if it wasn't right at that time, I was in big trouble. Right. Okay. So you had two weeks to, to get them together. Yeah. How difficult is that process? Because you've, you've got multiple... Um, multiple puppets with yes. multiple voices and personalities. Yes. Um, is that a is that a long process, or you just kind of push yourself to? You, get you it basically done? push yourself, 
And you have to, when you're just, just deciding on characters, you have to do characters that you can voice. So I don't do a lot of little girls. Okay. Because I don't voice little girls. Yeah, yeah, sure. That, that, that makes sad. sense. Except for Denisa. <laughs> um, is there, are there points where you feel a, um, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I got to ask it for people that have the octopus type of syndrome where they're just doing multiple things, uh, many arms in many different places. Is there a time where it's like, man, how am I actually doing all of this? Uh, you know what? It isn't. You basically do one thing and you do it at a time and you do it well. Right. But the, a show, especially a live show, is a very, very intense sequence of, of events. Mm -hmm. You know, I push a button and the lights will come on. You know, I can't concentrate on that anymore. I push the button and then I go on to the, to the next thing, yeah. next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. Right. But it, it is actually just a one sequence of a sequence of one thing. Mm. Okay. Um, do you? Because it's all about giving back, passing it on, making sure that right that the art form continues. Do you teach? No. You don't teach. Uh, I have tr I have done some teaching, yeah. but I do not like teaching. Okay. And basically, don't do it anymore. All right. <laughs> the students got on your nerves. <laughs> I, I'm just not a teacher. Yeah, everybody has a different life. Everybody has different yeah. talents. Absolutely. I'm a puppeteer, and, I'm, and if I do say so myself, I'm a very good puppeteer. Yeah. But I'm not a teacher. Yeah. And somebody else can do that. Yeah. Somebody who is a good teacher. Yeah. Is, is there an association for puppeteers specifically? Uh, there, are, there are many, many associations. Um, there is... Uh, uh, Puppeteers of America, which is the huge umbrella organization here in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, many uh, many cities have little puppetry guilds, like Chicago has a puppetry guild. Detroit has a has a very 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 old puppetry guild. Mm -hmm. uh, there's you know one in Ontario, etc. 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 Right. So Radio Sun family, one thing that I'm going to tell you for those of you who might be interested in puppetry, that maybe you should check out, uh, do a Google, uh, Google search for whatever Sh Chicago's Puppetry Guild. And yeah. I'm sure it makes sense that they would have resources for folks. Yes, they that, do. That, that would be interested. Yes, they yeah. would. Okay. All right, so when exactly is that live show gonna be? Let's, uh, let's hammer that out, make sure folks can the put it on their calendar. The premiere <laughs> is in Houston yeah. at the ISNA convention on, oh, is it the first or the second? Sunday the first, I think. Yeah, that Labor Day weekend. Yeah, okay. it's the Sunday of the Labor Day weekend. Okay. Um, and after that, well, who knows where <laughs> when we'll be in your neighborhood. Right, right. All right, well, Tom, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank um, you. And, folks, I'm sh you know, as, as you just heard, there's, there's a new uh, rollout, uh, a reboot, and they're releasing them on YouTube. Adam's World is on YouTube already, but new content. Um are there new characters as well? Some. L let me just say, uh, Adam's World has the distinction <clears throat> of being the most pirated sh show that there is. Wow. Uh, I mean, there are literally hundreds of thousands of illegal copies of Adam's World online. And we may have to do a, a purge, just kill everything that has to do with Adam's World and reload it. Okay. So there may be a short time when there is no Adam's World on YouTube. Right. Well, and I'm going to tell you this as well, if um, because this is a, a great resource, you know, for our, for our children and for adults as well, right? Fun for adults as well. Keep up with ongoing 
um, ongoing developments by making sure that you are subscribed to the Sound Vision newsletter. All right, go to soundvision.com, soundvision.com, and, um, and sign up for the newsletter, right? Because that's where all the information, the rollout, the reboot, all of that stuff is going to be there. And for those of you who are going to be in, uh, at ISNA in Houston, get yourselves ready for a great live show. Yes. Sure. So uh, Tom Vandenberg, um, puppeteer extraordinaire, voice of Adam, Anissa, uh, and many other characters. Um, uh, we're pleased to have you here and uh, appreciate that chance to talk to you. Thank you. All right. All right, Radio Sound family, we thank you for tuning in. Hope you have enjoyed the conversation. Uh, as I told you again, make sure that you are subscribed to the Sound Vision uh, newsletter so you can keep up with ongoing developments, upcoming uh, the new news, all of that good stuff. So uh, this program has been produced by yours truly, Tariq Alameen, engineered as well. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. Remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. Although this one is a really rough one, right? <laughs> but anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in and we will join you again next time. We'll leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Thank you.